Hey, sports fans. Thanks for checking out the third episode of the Tailgate Talk podcast. I am your host, LJ Smith. In this episode, I'll discuss some events that occurred over the past week. I'll start with the NFL with some big and maybe unexpected moves and contract extensions. We'll head to the Diamond, where former Red Sox outfielder Jackie Bradley Jr. signs with the Milwaukee Brewers. We'll wrap up the episode with Michigan basketball claiming the Big Ten regular season championship. So, let's get this tailgate talk underway. On Monday, March 1st, 31-year-old free agent J.J. Watt agreed to a two-year contract with the Arizona Cardinals after asking to be released by the Houston Texans. Sources announced that the deal is worth $31 million and includes $23 million guaranteed. Before the Cardinals organization made the announcement, Watt broke the news and possibly the internet with a tweet saying, quote, source me, end quote, wearing an Arizona Cardinals t-shirt. Honestly, I'm not that surprised that J.J. Watt ended up going to the Arizona Cardinals uh, just four days after Watt was released, ending his 10-year run with the Houston Texans. His teammate and current Cardinals wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins posted on Instagram a photo of himself and Watt edited to be in a Cardinals uniform with the caption, quote, let's finish what we started, end quote. Now, seeing that, I honestly didn't think that J.J. Watt would head there initially because I'm thinking, at his age, he can't be the number one guy on the line anymore. Watt's been prone to injury, only playing two full seasons since 2015, but where could he end up that Watt could still do damage but not have to be the guy anymore, like his brother T.J. Watt or even Aaron Donald with the Los Angeles Rams? But it wasn't until I saw who was already on the defensive line for the Cardinals that I thought, you know what, hey, maybe this could work and this defensive line could be a nightmare to defend for the rest of the NFL. Chandler Jones. Now, Jones has led the NFL in sacks since he was drafted in the first round in 2012. He has 97 sacks throughout that span. Now, take a guess who sits in second behind him. Yeah. J.J. Watt with 95 and a half sacks during that same span. Personally, I didn't really know who Jones was. I, I don't think Jones gets nearly enough attention as he should, at least in this market. I, I have really haven't heard his name in media or anything like that. So maybe that's on me. But at the same point, I had no real recollection of who Chandler Jones was until I really started diving into different defensive lines to see exactly where Watt would be a benefit to, I should say. Now, <laughs> the funniest part is about an hour and a half after Watt broke the news on Twitter, defensive lineman Jordan Phillips tweeted a question that has everyone in the NFL thinking, who are you going to double team now? And it's true. Like, who do you choose to double team if, according to ESPN stats and information, the Cardinals blitz rate the past three seasons has been 38%, which is the second highest in the NFL. Watt was double teamed 30% of the time, and Chandler Jones was double teamed 16% of the time in the last full season he played, which was 2019. Think about that. Like, How much of a struggle is that going to be for defenses in the NFL trying to go up against Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt? Now, there's other teams that have issues like that, the Rams, for instance, but it, it's so hard to manage. And although we have a full offseason ahead of us, 
this duo now on the D-line is something that teams will have to begin planning for this offseason. Both NFL teams in Pennsylvania signed a one-year contract extension to offensive players this past week. The first one to get paid was Ben Roethlisberger. ESPN's Adam Schefter reported that the Steelers quarterback willingly reduced his pay to $14 million from the $19 million in the final year of his contract that he was supposed to get, and the plan is to spread the cash payment through the 2022 season. In doing so, this lowers the Steelers' salary cap hit by more than $15 million. Roethlisberger, who turned 39 just a few weeks ago, threw for 33 touchdowns and 10 interceptions last season just a year after having a season-ending elbow injury in week two of the 2019 season. The Steelers this season were undefeated until week 12, where they lost three straight and finished the regular season going 1-4 in their last five games. They even were bounced out of the AFC Divisional Playoffs by the Cleveland Browns, who did not even have their head coach on the sidelines. To me, I don't like this deal at all. Roethlisberger is not the same as he used to be. A 39-year-old that you're still going to be paying $14 million. Now, I get Tom Brady, but you can't compare Roethlisberger to Tom Brady. Even Drew Brees was getting paid decent money, but he was still performing. But you could see him kind of falling off at the end. And I'm not trying to speak poorly on Drew Brees. I think he's a phenomenal quarterback. But listen, I, 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 I completely get restructuring the contract to free up money to make the Steelers somewhat close to cap compliant. But, you know, <laughs> the way that he and the Steelers look down the stretch, really, I, I, it left a bad taste in my mouth. I am not a Steelers fan, but I have friends and family that are. And I was, <laughs> I was almost embarrassed for them. And, and that's coming from a guy that likes the Eagles who went 4-11-1. So I guess I have no room to talk. But it's ridiculous how the train fell off the tracks down the stretch for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You go from having an undefeated season, going 11-0, and then completely falling apart. Yes, Big Ben wasn't the only reason. It didn't help that his receivers and tight ends were dropping an absurd amount of passes. But, I mean, I, I think Roethlisberger is, is past his prime. Leading to my next point, what other option do the Steelers have? They signed a troublesome Dwayne Haskins, who was recently released by the Washington football team and really hasn't had anything to show for himself. So thinking like that, what, what's your other option? You're going to pay Roethlisberger $14 million. I, I guess that makes sense, but it's probably not the most ideal situation to be in, but is it the best situation for the time being? I guess we'll, we'll see how things pan out. Roethlisberger is very appreciative to, to do what he has to to stay in Pittsburgh and be a part of the organization. But I, I don't like this move for the Steelers. I don't think they planned for life after Big Ben, and we're going to see what happens after this year. All right, we'll move across to eastern Pennsylvania, where the Philadelphia Eagles All-Pro Center, Jason Kelsey, will be returning for an 11th season with a restructured contract. Kelsey has been contemplating retirement the past several off seasons, but has decided to play for at least another year, even though the Eagles are going through a transitional period. The reworked deal contains $9 million in guarantees and can be worth up to $12 million as a source 
told ESPN. Although there are multiple years to the contract, it will function essentially as a one-year deal and offers Philadelphia cap relief for the 2021 season. Kelsey stated that he's fired up to be able to come back and play for the Eagles. And obviously he did not want to end his career on a season like the Eagles had last year. And he was quoted, I want to leave the Eagles knowing that I left it in good hands, end quote. Is this bigger what for the Eagles organization? Think about what this means for the new head coach, Nick Sirianni, who's taking over a team that I said before went 4-11-1 last year in a pathetic NFC East. Kelsey was the only constant on the offensive line, which the Eagles started an NFL record 13 different groups over the first 14 weeks. Having the leadership and experience of Kelsey will be necessary for the Eagles moving forward with Coach Sirianni and the new-look offense without Carson Wentz, but moving forward with the young talent of Jalen Hurts entering his second season. We'll stay in the NFC East, and wow, a big contract signing coming out of Dallas. You know, they say things are always bigger in Texas, and That's proven to be true with quarterback Dak Prescott's contract extension. The Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott agreed to a four-year, $160 million contract, including $126 million guaranteed. Prescott's signing bonus is $66 million, the highest in NFL history, a source has told ESPN. The first three years of the deal averaged $42 million per year. That is incredible. Now, this is way overdue with the process covering three off-seasons, multiple mega-million offers, and serious hours of negotiation. Even though the Cowboys made Prescott aware and Prescott told the Cowboys he wanted to remain a part of the organization, the Cowboys were wanting a commitment of five-plus years, but Prescott and his team were looking for a four-year deal, ultimately what he did sign. Dak Prescott who will turn 28 this summer, suffered a compound fracture and dislocation of his right ankle, which was very gruesome. I, I, I don't know exactly how to describe it. I remember watching in real time. I saw him get tackled, and I remember thinking it wasn't anything too serious, but the way he was waving the trainers over immediately, and he literally tried to bang his foot off the turf to put his ankle back in the place. I'm still pretty grossed out by the angle that his foot was all things considered Prescott is predicted to make a full recovery and you sure as hell would hope he'd be making a full recovery if he's signing 126 million dollars of guaranteed money and getting 66 million dollars for a signing bonus so if you're going to commit this absurd amount of money to a quarterback that's coming off an injury you better hope he's going to be able to return from an injury of this capacity saying that i'm curious to see how mobile he'll, he'll be after suffering an injury like this he was the 2016 fourth round pick and has since posted a 42 and 27 record the cowboys have missed the postseason in three out of the last four seasons and you have to believe that this contract has put nothing but higher expectations for Dak, probably to deliver a playoff appearance but you know, thinking that that's probably already the expectation. It has to be bigger than that at this point, since the Cowboys have not made a title appearance in 25 years. I'm happy that Dak finally got paid. Trust me, considering that they've paid running back Zeke Elliott two seasons ago instead of paying Dak, and it took so long for Dak to get paid, like that that 
is irritating beyond belief, but can he now provide what the organization has been longing for after an injury like this? Can he bounce back to be what he used to be? And if he can get the Cowboys a playoff win, I think that's a start, but to let alone get them to a title game and a Super Bowl, only time will tell at this point, but I'm happy for Dak that he is finally getting paid and an outpouring of support coming on social media as well. Definitely show that this was a very much needed thing for Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys moving forward. Sticking with the theme of contracts, but let's switch fields and take it to the diamond. As I mentioned in the first episode of Tailgate Talk, I am a big Red Sox fan, and I spoke about the trades of Mookie Betts, who was dealt to the Los Angeles Dodgers last season, and Andrew Benatendi, who was traded to the Kansas City Royals last month. Now, the starting outfield from the 2018 World Series and the, quote, win-dance-repeat era are officially separated. Outfielder Jackie Bradley Jr. has officially signed a two-year, $24 million deal with the Milwaukee Brewers, which included an opt-out option after the first year. JBJ has been a part of the Red Sox organization for eight seasons. He's been a part of the 2018 World Series championship run, including the MVP of the American League Championship Series against the Houston Astros. Bradley Jr. is definitely a streaky hitter. And I'm not blind of that. Honestly, I'm, I was pretty upset that they re-signed Jackie Bradley Jr. instead of Mookie Betts two years ago because like, how the hell are you going to sign Jackie Bradley Jr., who at one point was hitting below 200 midseason into the late season instead of signing arguably one of the best outfielders in Major League Baseball? I guess the only thing that was keeping him relevant was his glove in the outfield. He did win a Golden Glove in 2018, and his range in the outfield has created and has become a staple of highlights. But when his bat couldn't follow up, it, it really frustrated me. It's, it's hard to fathom you're going to keep Jackie Bradley Jr. over Mookie Betts, who, like I said, he, he's great. And obviously, he wanted a long-term deal. He wanted a lot of money. The Dodgers had that cap room, and they were able to, to make it happen. And Verdugo is great. I'm not taking anything away from his talent, but it's it's so hard to justify as, as a fan that you're going to let go of a talent like that and keep Jackie Bradley Jr. just for another year, but then get rid of Andrew Benintendi, who was another staple in the outfield. So now everything's completely changed. I'm not going to touch too much upon what the Red Sox outfield looks like or the lineup we'll get to that in another episode of the podcast but we'll talk a little bit about the brewers outfield jackie bradley jr joins left fielder christian yelich who was the 2018 national league mvp and the 2019 gold glove center fielder lorenzo kane so adding the defensive likeness of jackie bradley jr completes an already stellar outfield milwaukee will be chasing their fourth consecutive playoff berth this season and with the addition of bradley jr I, I really do think that they have a real chance at running the table in the National League Central Division. As we head into the last segment of this episode, congratulations are in order as the University of Michigan men's basketball program claimed the 2020-2021 Big Ten Conference regular season title Thursday with a 69-50 home win against the Michigan State Spartans. This marks Michigan's 15th Big Ten men's basketball title 
and its first since the 2013-2014 season. So congratulations to the Maize and Blue, but that does not mean that they are guaranteed anything moving forward. And that was proven just three or four days ago when they fell to Sparty and Michigan State on the road 64-70 to in East Lansing. Michigan has been nothing but dominant in conference play this year, finishing the regular season at 19-3 and overall and 14-3 and in Big Ten conference play. The Wolverines' first loss came in January at the hands of the Minnesota Golden Gophers on the road. Then, just a week ago, the Wolverines dropped a top-five bout against the Fighting Illini of Illinois, who was fourth in the country, and they didn't just lose. They got wrecked. It was 79-57, to and it was at home in the Chrysler Center. It was just a mess. It was nothing that I wanted to watch. I turned it off. I couldn't even watch it anymore. Then they rebound with a 19-point victory over Michigan State, and that's when they clinched the Big Ten regular season championship. So great. They do that on their home court. That's how they're going to bounce back after getting walloped by, by Illinois. But then you travel to East Lansing. And as I mentioned before, you, you, you suffer a single-digit loss to the Spartans, and that's how you conclude your regular season schedule. So obviously, you play so well, and there's not a time you want, there's not a good time to lose. But I guess if it's going to be in the regular season where the game doesn't have any implications on what's going to happen for the Big Ten tournament and or the NCAA tournament, yeah, it, it doesn't matter much. But you just beat this team by 19 points. And now you lose to them by single digits to close out your season. Seeing how the final stretch of the season went, it definitely has me worried uh, heading into the Big Ten tournament. The Wolverines have some rest before they play their first game. Being one of the top four teams, they will play on Friday, March 12th, having a series of buys before they play. The tournament starts on Wednesday. I honestly think Michigan has the best chance to win the Big Ten tournament. I don't think Illinois has what it takes to upend the Wolverines a second time. Ohio State was a tough task, as usual, but having the size and talent of Hunter Dickinson and Franz Wagner, I think it's going to have to take a poor shooting day all around for the Wolverines to have any chance of getting ousted in the Big Ten tournament. Right now, Michigan is being looked at as a number one seed for the NCAA tournament, which is awesome, and that's a really cool feat, but it could also be a daunting task moving forward into March Madness. It all, it all depends on who gets placed where and who gets on a hot streak and when they're shooting well. So crazy things tend to happen in March, obviously, March Madness. But as a fan of the Wolverines, I'm very hopeful that they can get things under control and have a deep run into the NCAA tournament. But before I get ahead of myself, Michigan needs to take care of business in the Big Ten tournament. But as I wrap up the segment, the culture that Michigan has right now with Juwan Howard is incredible. You feel it. It's palatable. And it's, it's so exciting to see and be a part of. Obviously, I'm not there, but it's it's definitely noticeable as a fan. And watching their games, just like the, the vibe that they're giving off, the bench is getting into it. Wagner and Dickinson are just playing out of their minds. Livers said he's not done yet and he wants the ship. So I'm, I'm very excited going into the Big Ten tournament. And like I said, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. But as long as they take care of business in the Big Ten tournament, we'll see what's to come once we get into the NCAA tournament. That's all I've got for everyone in this episode of the Tailgate Talk podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please follow or subscribe to the channel. Until next time, I'm LJ Smith, signing off.